a Shishkin Productions podcast. You know, it's middle America, maybe not the most intelligent people. They like the dumbed down shit. They like the reality TV. Like there's not, (laughs) there needs a mainline that Chuck (laughs) Lorre's. What's up, Sizzlers? Welcome to another episode of The Sizzle Reel. I think this is episode number 97. 97. We're inching a little bit closer every week Who's to Sizzle Reel, Reel Live. Live on August 25th. Um, it's going to be a blast. Uh, I just posted it today in uh, the editor's. We're recording editors. this on Friday, the Friday before. Um, yeah, I posted it in the editor's thing, so hopefully we get people. It's a very limited engagement. There's 15 tickets. Uh, yeah, well, that's good because I, I get nervous in front of crowds. So we're going to be filming it in the or not even filming it. We're going to be in the back room of Wandering Barman surrounded by pallets <laughs> it's and like boxes. It's, it's, I think it's going to be really cool. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited. But yeah, like you said, number 97 episode, you know, famous number 97. Uh, no. Jer- Jeremy Roenick. Oh, OK. Jeremy that's Roenick, a good one. The most famous number 97, in my opinion. Um. Yeah, no, I'm excited for it. Chris, uh, before I tell the people where they can get their tickets, why don't you tell them where they can uh, find us? We are on Twitter and Instagram at SizzleRealGang. We are on Gmail, SizzleRealGang at gmail.com. And we have the Sizzle Real cold line. That is 332-333-4361. You gotta call in. Matt King was gonna call in, and he didn't. He didn't. So. He didn't. That's all right. Point? When's the time that I start talking over people? You can start now, but we're not gonna introduce you just okay. yet. But you're just welcome to up. talk if you want. All That's right. our esteemed guest <laughs> waiting in the so wings, I'm waiting jotting the wings down here. notes. He's writing poetry over there. Yeah. So we inspire. Uh, Where's Muse? A quick uh, call back to. I think it was the cold line, right? Yeah. yeah. Joe Nana last week called in, and uh, he. He had an update over text for us. Mm-hmm. He, he said, uh, I wanted to let you guys know that uh, it's it, they've made it a lot easier to get FAA authorization now. Like anytime you're you're trying to fly mm-hmm. through apps like AirMap and Aloft, it's free. Used to take like three months, but now that's only if you need a special waiver, like flying over people or flying at night. And apparently they show you the flight ceiling for your area and you get clearance pretty much right away. Damn. And then starting next September, you need to have a drone that emits a remote signal with your information so people can see you on uh, the radar. You think that's that's that can't be like a firmware update or some shit. You're going to have to buy a whole new drone at that point. Probably. <coughs> I wouldn't no? be surprised. Or is shaking his head. Well, they're probably uh, they're, they're remote controlled. So they already have the ability to put out. Uh, you know, radio, radio frequency. Yeah, so, so it's probably just a firmware update. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Um, if you want to go to Sizzle Real Live, uh, <laughs> Sizzle Real Gang, the, the website. website.com. Um, also, if you don't want to type that in, you can go to sizzlerealgang.eventbrite.com. Tickets are $6.66. Uh, you know, that's a donation because that's going to a, a good cause. Um, and also, it, it comes <laughs> what with cause a, is that? It, it, the cause is your free drink. It comes with a free <laughs> drink, maybe two. But it's going to be a fun time. We're going to have a good a good little evening. I love that the Thursday tickets night. the tickets are cheaper than what a drink costs anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reason I said it's a donation is because the other day when we were going through doing the stage plot, Ben was like, "Just don't like you know broadcast that you're selling tickets or something." I was like, "Oh." <laughs> It's like, well, let, let me tell you how I know you haven't been listening to the show. <laughs> been doing that since May. Uh, not going to stop now, unfortunately. But um, it is, um, you know, yeah, go do it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. Come through. It's got fifteen tickets. It'll be a good time. Uh, Chris, 
What's up? How was your week? What'd you get up to? Uh, my week was all right. I kind of got ahead of some hockey stuff so that we are free for next week. Don't have to worry about that at all. And that was that was really it. Yeah, it's been it's been slow. It's been slow. Just doing a lot of the same stuff. You know, kind of got back into the the camera a little bit, trying to get into the the shooters uh, mentality, into the groove. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. wow, our guest is really out here today. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, and I'm going to be leaning on our guest just to to make sure that we're good to go, that I'm good to go. Because, so. like, I'm ironically the, the A cam for one of the shoots, but all that means is that I'm just, like, the head-on cam that's locked off, yeah. and the B cam is the one actually doing the extra you work. You need to make sure the red light's on. That's that's your goal. I know, I know. I, uh, it's interesting that you're going to lean on our guest. It's like leaning on a, a cardboard banister. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know, I know, let's right? hope it holds it's up. Hilarious. I've been shooting for like a decade longer than him. And I'm like, I'm going to need your help, man. Um, a big shout out to Tyler B. He just uh, he texted me, said he packed four 25 foot XLR cables for us. So he came through. Came oh, through hell yeah. Rescue. What's up? Um, yeah. For me this week, it's weird, man. Yeah. Shit has been slow. We've said it every week on the last month of the show, basically. But it was like a hectic week for me, too, because there was a ton of meetings and a ton of like yeah. dev stuff and really trying to drum up things. Oh, shit. On Wednesday, we started our day with like three straight hours of meetings. Yeah. I mean, I'm really trying to like actually do a lot of calls and get back in touch with people and like kind of really go out there with my sales hat on and um, just kind of make shit go. My sales hat is one of those like gesture hats with the little balls at the end. <laughs> so it's I, I'm sure it's having a smashing impression. <laughs> smashing. Smashing. Yes, absolutely. Um, Vince, welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> what a goody. How was your week? Yo, I feel like a little dog and you open the door and he's like scurrying around like, That's yo, what's goody? What's, what's goody? goody? Vince, okay. That's what my dog says all Vince, the time. Vince is the little scurrying dog of the show. That's, yeah. yeah that's you know what's so funny? You is, just gotta, and that's the thing. You have to give him a treat before he'll come on the show he, yeah. he exactly. refused to come on the exactly. show unless we ordered him jersey mics yeah that's the, a good the, the treat is a sandwich that's the, delivered the, the, the truth comes out vince how yes. was your week man what was yeah, going on it was goody you Sizzlers. got back from montreal yes i got back from montreal um i don't know if that's how you say it in french but hey i think that's um, how you say it in texas yeah montreal. montreal uh yeah i got back uh monday night and literally yeah i've been on kind of like the biz dev thing too um a lot of um different entities and clients are kind of gearing up for like their q4 late Q3 run. So literally the moment I walked into my apartment at 7 p.m., I jumped on a call, which is like, I hate it because you're on vacation in a different country and yeah, especially Canada where they don't value capitalism as much as we do. And then I literally go into my apartment and it's like, all right, back to capitalism. Literally every single fucking second of existence. Yeah. yeah. That's not even, not even yeah. like, uh, I'm not even trying to, you know, be a Look, hyperbolic if, motherfucker. if we're not out here making a rich white guy more rich, then what are we really doing with our lives? Yeah. Then we're making, if we're not, we're making probably like some rich foreigner more rich. <laughs> I you know, know, right? Man. Like yeah. All the money flows to China, anyways. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Everything. China and America are basically the two people, the two countries that have all the money in the world. Mm. I think. I'm not sure. I'm that's, just, that's just the way I understand it. I well, much. I've heard that there's some like Scandinavian country that that has a lot of money. Yeah. Or like some, some, island, some islands, some Caribbean yeah. islands that uh, have Shakira's money. Shakira, Shakira. Right. Wasn't Shakira? She she got in trouble for some uh, tax evasion. Shakira was well, evading taxes. Her hips don't lie, but she does. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. So um, do mine. Um, yeah, I know. Trust me. <laughs> well aware. You do know. Um, um, I've seen you try to cross people up in basketball. It, doesn't it works. Work. It, it does not work. It works. All the time. Um, You're just not paying attention. Vince, so what? You've been doing biz dev? What else? You've yeah, been, you've yeah, been so on shoots this week? I feel like you haven't been on for how long? Is, when's the last time he was on the uh, show? The, it's 
It's been a minute. No, it's been like a month. It's like, yeah, a month. Yeah. Uh, you were on for something. I think I just hit like 12K followers or something, and I'm out oh. almost at 13. So oh, it's like okay. A, so you've been growing. I've been growing, yeah. You every, know, every thousand followers he comes on, yeah. the update. <laughs> my Instagram following represents my life, and without it, I would be nothing. He is at AirVince1 on yeah. Instagram. Yeah, without Give Instagram, I would be nothing. Yeah. The, um, show, the show's off to a rickety start. I'll tell you yeah, I, like, I, I feel strong about this good. one. This is great. I'm, I'm hyped. There's, I'm a like, lot of, there's a lot of banter, but like it's just no <laughs> we direction. We anything no, no, well, post-production look, or anything. Yeah. Well, look, look, my week, you know, I had some meetings. That I did finish a shoot on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, and then just prepping them for our... Um, our MLS trip, which I'm actually really stoked about. Yes. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit in the past, but um, yeah, you know, just doing some pre-pro work in terms of just having a mental checklist of the gear we need, um, packing everything up, um, making sure we get to the airport on time, <laughs> uh, not taking any private Bushwick cabs because, you know, that might make us late. Shout out to yeah. Kev. Shout um, out, Kevin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what the, what you're touching on is, yeah, this upcoming shoot that we have. Um so, yeah, I guess let's let's jump into it. Uh, basically, we're recording this on Friday. By the time this episode comes out, we will already be in Minnesota and we, we will, will be actively. Well, <laughs> why you always say it like I, that? We will actively, actively be, be shooting. shooting. You always say it's it like my favorite. That. God damn. No, no, I wasn't going to say Sounds shooting. Very, <laughs> Sounds very terrorist. I was going to I was going to say be on set. We'll be on set. We we actively will be shooting. Actually, we won't be on set because this, oh, comes, this out, comes out at comes midnight. Out midnight. Yeah. So yeah. but but basically this is our we will be actively drinking. What we're going to yes. give you for the next like five to ten minutes. It's kind of our pre pre shoot thoughts, our pre game thoughts, mm -hmm. and then uh, the next episode will probably it'll probably be the three of us again, kind of following yeah. up on how yeah. everything went, yeah. what we yeah. could do differently. We'll do's and do's it while learns. we're out there. Um, I'm maybe <laughs> I'm pretty stressed about it, but I'm also like I think it's coming from a place of excitement. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm stoked. Anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Like mm -hmm. I'm stoked to. Uh, I I like the way that we are, have got we got them we got a bunch of mics we got a bunch of prop microphones with windscreens and mic flags and we we're kind of setting up a, a mock press conference look and i think all the props that we've got are, are cool and the mock set looks looks cool um i think sunday we'll probably get into that i think as long as that looks good it's smooth sailing. Yeah, yeah. I, th um, I think, um, you know, based on the number of calls we've had, um, which is fantastic with a client, because sometimes you just want to have one call and then that's it. And yeah. then they just think. Then three weeks later, you just show up. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, hey, I'm the person filming. You know, I think it's been a very collaborative process. So shout out to the client and and for being able to produce this type of work. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we do have rehearsal stages, which is amazing, right? Like yeah. this is a live event, but it, it is still staged to the sense that like, not only are we going to have to rehearse, but like, you know, the broadcast partners, they have way more um, moving parts, moving parts and things to stress about. So I think for us, it's just a matter of just use utilizing that Sunday, you know, making sure we get all the gear shipped in correctly. We set up, we can even leave the gear in the space when we leave. Uh, so we're ready to go on Monday, which is fantastic. Doesn't happen all the time. So I'm, I really like that. Um, and yeah, we're just going to rehearse. I mean, it's three of us, right? So essentially we have someone to stand in block in front of the camera, you, Alexi, and then Chris and I will just uh, stage everything. We'll do a, a few quick takes. Um, we'll have the takes on the laptop so we can actually see what things look like. Yep. Do and to a, me, that's, that's going to correction. <clears throat> yeah. To me, that's going to give us the confidence right there. Right. Like I, I'm really stoked. I think this is one of those shoots where I think it's just fun that, you know, we're all working together as a crew and it's not like, 
you know, we're working with new people that we don't know how they're going to act or how yeah. things are going to be. So I think that's where my confidence comes from. And I just think it's just a fun shoot and it, it is pretty simple at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and it's something that, you know, we could be proud of and show off to, to other prospective clients um, I'm, who could utilize this type of same service. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the audio portion of it. I think like we're going to have really good audio because yeah. we're going to have it covered in three different ways. Absolutely. The goal is to have like a shotgun mic in the, like in the, um, in the frame basically that's live and hot yeah and that one's going to be capturing because that'll be on the table as one of the mics then we'll have another one on the wide camera yeah as a safety and then we're also going to have those little road clip mics clipped onto one of the prop microphones so it's blocked so the camera can't see it and that'll be picking up another stream of of uh, audio so yeah. i'm pretty you know i'm hopeful mean, that it sounds good i know like audio is always the thing i worry about most when i shoot just because like i mean getting the framing right is easy get the picture like you you can always fix it a little bit in post as long as you're not completely blown out which is pretty hard to do honestly yeah but audio bad audio is so difficult to fix at least for me so i well i mean it's also most sometimes it's just unfixed it's exactly. literally unfixable you know what i mean i don't know Maybe we'll see. You can't mask the audio with the, with the edits. Maybe you know? we'll see with AI where the future takes us. Oh, that'd little, be tease, nice. little tease, little <laughs> no, tease. No, no, I think this shoot's going to be really fun. And um, also, you know, we're extending the trip, right? We're actually going to utilize some of the days that we're going to be in Minnesota to actually hang out, explore, mm -hmm. maybe do some hiking, have some juicy Lucy Gooseys. Yeah, some juicy Lucy's. That's um, Minnesota's. That's uh, like well, the we're going to go to the all-you-can-drink milk bar. Yeah. Yes, you already know. Also, Dairy Queen. I think they're based from there. So um, And Target. And Target, Target yeah. yeah. We're so, going to yeah, get a Dairy like we Queen gotta... smoothie or whatever and then go to Target and fucking walk around. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like something we did in shoot. high school in Florida. Yeah. yeah, Florida, the Minnesota of the South. Yeah. Um, also, Paul Bunyan. I heard Paul Bunyan's from uh, and Minnesota. Babe, oh, babe, babe. Blue Ox. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm stoked to, you know, Go um, check out some nature. Yeah. So, uh, any other anything that so that I'm, I don't want to like kind of give away exactly what we're doing because I don't know how much we're allowed to really say. But like, we're doing some interview based stuff on Monday. Yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday were Tuesday and Wednesday are the All Star events, right? So there'll yeah. be a skills challenge and there'll be uh, the All Star game. Uh, neither of you guys are like soccer heads, really. Chris, no. you've learned a lot about soccer in the last couple of years yeah. working on this stuff, so yeah. you know the game. <laughs> And then Vince, like, you know, you obviously know how it works, but is there anything that you're kind of you guys are like skeptical on for coverage or something, anything you're kind of tripping about? Um, not tripping. I mean, I know the game of soccer. Uh, love playing it. Don't really watch it too much. But I think for me, it actually makes things a little simpler because I'm not going to be starstruck wherever we go. You know, yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, like the pressure is not going to be on. Like, I'm not going to have that internal pressure to be like, holy shit, it's so and so. And I need to like really get this shot for me. It's like going to yeah. be like any other shoot where it's a talent. You get the shot. Everything's in focus. Everything looks good. And that actually makes me more comfortable because, for example, like I'm a huge NBA head. So like if I'm filming LeBron, like walking out of a tunnel, mm -hmm. I'm going to have way more jitters. Right. And that may or may not affect my shot. Um, but at the same time, you know, I feel like we have some creative leeway, especially since we're going to be able to film some, some behind the scenes stuff that may or may not make the cutting floor. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, for I'm, me, I'm, no, not, not, nothing too much that I'm worried about in terms of that type yeah. of environment. You got, you got anything? No, I mean, I think once I am act like actually... <laughs> 
You're about to say it no, again. No, I was not. Chris is always talking about actively shooting, bro. bro. I think once I'm actually on the field and like... keep him in post. <laughs> <laughs> once I'm Jeez. actually on the field and like doing the damn thing, I think it'll be fine. I, like that's really for me, it's just like the unknown of like not knowing the location. And I'm, I'm just glad we have the rehearsals because the number one yes, thing that's... exactly. The one thing that is, is kind of... And, you know, we'll have Kyle on the client side, like guiding us in this regard. But for me, it's like placement of those cameras, because like if the game starts and the camera's placed and on sticks and going, that's it. Like, that's where you are. Like, there's no chance to like really move. Well, and that's that's another thing for me is I've never shot uh, like any sort of sports on sticks. I used to cover high school football a lot um, and it was always over the shoulder and, you know, just. I don't know. I guess maybe I know the flow of uh, American football a little bit better, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, soccer is going to be it's a lot more free flowing. So if we're we might be shooting an S&Q, so we can't be just like rolling the entire time. We're going to kind of have to pick our spots. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Th- that part, you know, it's I wouldn't say I'm nervous, but it's something to be aware of. I mean, that's yeah, that's something that we should probably figure out. I, I would like to roll an S&Q on our cameras the entire like not roll the entire time, but I'd like everything we shoot during the actual games and events be S&Q. We could. I mean, there's no reason to not shoot slow-mo. You know, we're not those cameras aren't relying on them for audio or anything. It's better for it to be slow-mo. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they, alternatively, you could shoot at like 120 or whatever and then slow it down and post. But yeah. It's kind of, I don't know. I mean, S and Q's I mean, I usually, 240, right? So it's going to be even Yeah, even no, slower. absolutely. I mean, that's the way that in the past when we're doing a more cinematic edit of, of a sport sporting event, it's yeah. almost always S and Q. Yeah. Usually I, I shoot in 60, but if you want to bump it up. I mean, that's all stuff that we can talk to Kyle about, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But we'll we'll figure all that out. Um, But yeah, that's the thing about like production in general is that there's so many variables. That's like I just had a call before this, before we started recording this with the production company um, who I'd met someone who works there like last week and we set up a call and they they mostly do production. They do some post as well. Um, But, you know, that's kind of why we were talking. So I was like, yo, like we mostly do post. Yep. We were just talking about the headaches of production. I was just like, man, you know, I've been doing post for 12 years like. I'm I just am not ready to to do production. I want to like basically start all over and learn this again. I'd rather just bring in people who know what they're doing than like have me deal with it just because there's so many variables and like it's it's just such a, a headache with post. Yeah, like, but you, I like development and I like post production. But you favorites. could also be more of like a, a directorial role, you yeah. know, like you don't have to be hands on with the cameras necessarily. And this weekend you probably or this upcoming week you, you're probably going to have a camera in your hand at some point but for the most part you're going to be doing like yeah. producing yeah the thing that i'm also interested in is like the quick turnaround edits because we're gonna have to get some stuff out like that's that probably going to be you right yeah that's probably gonna be me because i'll be like keeping up and, with and taking notes and all that yeah you know? and we're only going to be able to put the footage on one computer or one drive at a time yeah. so i think what's going to happen is like while you guys are breaking down and packing up i'm gonna like try to get a cutout real quick sure or something like that i don't right. know we'll figure i out. mean I, I would say also um you know speaking of variables um, you know, post has a lot of variables too that a lot of people, you know, they they tend to forget about, right? Or like things that like could stress someone out, right? So like if you're getting footage or you're getting audio and it's like not great, that to me is like the headaches, right? Because then you got to make things yeah much but better. Y- you there's there's like a an expect like you can only go so far, right? Post like if it was if the shit 
that was captured sucks. Like if the audio is trash and it's unusable, you can only yeah. do so much. You can only you know polish I mean? the like, turd so much. Then uh, I think I think I like I could see post being overwhelming to some people because they're it, it can feel like a mountain to climb. Yeah, and but you, in reality, it's everyone's relying on you to fix the mistakes of production. Yeah, yeah, and there are always mistakes in production. Like we're gonna probably make a mistake, hopefully not a big one, but that's just kind of the nature. I of mean, it. the reason I like post though is because it is like. You, you usually have multiple cracks at it. It's very yes. rare that you're going to like. That's true. Mess up and that's it. And it's messed up like you can, you know, always, oh, go back to old save or like open up a different sequence or you, you can know. completely recut it and come come at the project with an entirely different vision. Yeah. Basically, but you don't you don't feel any pressure due to the uh, short turnarounds like that. That doesn't. Not to really. Me, that would I mean, stress me out more. I think no, I've just gotten. Like, I think I've just gotten used to them. You yeah. guys vamp for a second. The food's here. I'm gonna be right back. Well, vamp, I mean, vamp, 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 vamp. vamp <laughs> he's doing vamp, a great vamp, job. Vamp, vamp. Uh, Everybody. So, like, I, I mean, for me, the the quick turn edits don't bother me at all. Just because, like, I mean, we already do them every week for MLS because we'll get the goal of the week videos at like eight thirty in the morning, and we usually have them back to them by. 11 and that's like a that's like a two minute video featuring i don't know a a dozen saves or like four big goals that have a lot of replays to them and you know like slowing down the footage at the right time i don't know you just kind of it's such a simple uh edit as long as you know sports that you can just kind of knock it out and and be good and like for this one we're the footage that we're going to be using is not necessarily going to be from our cameras. It's going to be from a separate camera that like, I can't really go into, but yeah. it's going to make our jobs really easy. We're not going to have to sync multiple angles. We're not going to have to go crazy with it. We're just going to get that footage clip out two or three of the best moments. And, and that's it. That's the edit. I mean, I mean, I think they're maybe 30 second to 60 second edits. So it's really not too much, really one or two big plays. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess for me, my personal opinion, it actually stresses me out more if I'm, someone's like, yo, edit this super fast. And I'm like, oh, fuck, like just just that pressure of like, holy shit, I need to get this out the door ASAP versus like me putting the camera gear. But then again, it's I guess I mean, how I'm long have you been editing, though? Like, you know, handful of years. And have you ever edited like in a professional environment like? Yeah, like, I mean, that's high stress. And for me, like I, I was a news editor. So like going yeah. quick was the name of the game. But and I can't I came from live events. Yeah. So for me, it's the and, same thing. So part of the trade off, though, when when they're asking for something to be quick, it's not expected to be as high quality. You know, like it's, it still needs to be good, mm -hmm. but it they're not expecting like a cinematic masterpiece. Like they just want the content. It's it's for social the way people consume videos on social. It doesn't have to be perfect. They mm -hmm. just want to see the highlight or whatever it is. Like the the access itself is more valuable than the the quality of the video. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be chill. I'm I'm like the post turn. The, that's the thing is the thing that I'm least concerned about is like the quick turn post shit. I think mm -hmm. that'll be super easy because it's like literally gonna be pick this moment. This was the moment. Clip it. Drop it in. Put it on social. Yep. Um. Last thing before we go to the break, and after the break, we got a uh, Ruslan from uh, Film You Stage coming on to talk about AI. And uh, we actually recorded that segment like two days ago, and mm -hmm. it was it's pretty interesting. Like the audio quality is not great, but like he yeah. he's fucking awesome. He's such a cool guy. And uh, he's he's gone through a lot like, Dude. you know, when I look at like our business and I'm like, oh, we're entrepreneurs and it's a startup. It's like we're just like 
so we have like no worries compared to I know him. Like he's actually he's come from like you know a, like a civil war and then another war. Like he's he has a, he has a very inspirational startup story yeah so absolutely he's, he's cool. and, he, and he's he's sticking with it if, if we had to do that i don't think this company oh would hell be no Are hell you kidding? no hell no i would have dipped i would have dipped quick and i would have just tried to like do literally anything i'll probably would have started uh scamming people <laughs> I, i'd become a basketball player of course um last thing before we go hbo max and discovery i don't know that was like a, a oh, big yeah. story it, what's happening i didn't even keep up with it. hbo max is getting like getting canned and getting bundled into discovery basically yeah so i think next summer summer 2023 they're going to merge the two and it's going to be like a separate platform um i mean i'm personally not really that stoked but so what they're saying is that it's going to combine the the best elements of both services uh HBO Max has had performance and customer issues, but offers a rich set of features. Discovery Plus has more limited features, but provides a more robust underlying delivery infrastructure. So they're just going to make like one app that has everything. But is it going to cost more? Oh, it's uh, they haven't said it, but yes, it's absolutely going to cost more, which sucks because like I've looked I at Discovery Plus. I don't care about anything on Discovery it's, Plus. It's all trash. It's uh, like like Love Island it's, it's and probably, 90 probably Day the, Fiance. The it's the reality. It's, I, it's why they want to But it's so frustrating. Them, which like, is like H- shit, right? HBO yeah. Max is like these these quality programs yeah. that are worth paying for it. And then Discovery Plus is just like the the nonsense, digestible middle America bullshit that it's yeah. like, I don't want to have to pay more to have access to this shit that that I'm not asking for. Right, also, right. I get HBO Max for free with my AT&T unlimited plan. If that goes away, then I just don't have HBO Max anymore. I'm not yeah. going to pay $20 a month so I can have some, I think some I'm gonna, shitty reality TV. I think I'm going to cut my HBO Max subscription. Damn. Um, yeah. You you were singing its praises. I like, know. I, and I love the content. I actually think Apple TV or Apple has better content. And I think Apple like, makes the highest quality shit. They just don't make much of it. They make not, like, basically yeah. none of it. Yeah. That's why it's so I, I think it's hilarious how these um, streaming uh, companies are basically killing themselves off. Yeah. Right. And like even social media now, like literally all these companies had to do was continue to do what makes them great. And they're all either merging or cutting things and just doing the opposite of what we want. It's because there is this wildly like untenable idea in modern day late stage capitalism that like says there needs to always be an increase in profitability every I mean, year. It's like, that's impossible. That, it's that, totally impossible. But that's how, that's the structure that, I know. that that's been built. Like, it, it literally has to be that way. It's it's frustrating. Or they can just maintain, like, literally, like... Yeah, but if you ne- tell them ne- they maintain to them, they view that as a loss. Well, know? they're... they're I know, agree with they're, you. I agree with you. No, I, I think that they should... I think that, like, ups and downs are part of business. It's like, you can't... Like realistically, you cannot expect every year to be a increase in profitability. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. But it's like, how far can you go, right? Like literally, the only method would be just to increase subscription, which could alienate people. But if you're doing a damn good job on something, people are not going to mind paying a little bit more. That's why you always see mergers and acquisitions and shit is because like the companies see the writing on the wall and go, wow, you know, of the maybe of the hundred percent of things of of like market we could have taken up we've reached like a point where like it's not yeah. we're at like 95 like, percent of it yeah, they're 95 of it let's merge they reached a point where they can't get bigger because yeah. everyone has it you yeah. know like the only option they have is to increase prices i mean the cool thing is that they were first to market and that's why they blew up so big but then literally once you're first to market and you acquire so much of the market then every competitor is just chipping away at your 
user base mm-hmm. and suddenly your user base is down and then you have to bring prices up to match and then everyone's pissed so then they switch away and you have to be pouring money to make content it's just it's untenable mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense yeah, especially when the I, maybe i'm i'm living in a bubble but like i would say the majority of of people who consume media mostly consume it on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube. I don't think people actually think watch so. TV anymore. I disagree. Uh, so. Streaming services, oh, for sure. I think it's taken away cable. Like the cable lines have been cut so much now to the point you don't where think more I, people watch media on social and YouTube. Let's call YouTube social. Media. Well, technically, period, I guess. Period, I, I guess if we're gonna say like time spent. That's what I'm saying. Maybe not, but because like a lot of people watch. TV, like shows. How much time do you spend, Chris, watching TV in a day? Uh, probably two to three hours. You like, don't spend more than two hours looking at YouTube. Uh, or consuming I, media on YouTube. I spend a decent amount of time, maybe like an hour a day, something like that. You don't but, listen to podcasts via YouTube. No, I, no. I, I use Spotify, but. It it is. I mean, I, I guess sometimes I I will watch my uh, like podcast Dan, on Dan Labatar. Yeah, right? I'll, I'll watch it, but only for like twenty minutes when I'm eating lunch. Right. Like okay. uh, for the most part, I'm walking around. But like I even I think I use YouTube and social media a lot more than most people. Uh, just because like yes, young people probably consume their stuff that way, but there's still you know two hundred million people in America over the age of like 30, 35, who are not necessarily tech literate. They're, you know, it's middle America, maybe not the most intelligent people. They like the dumbed down shit. They like the reality TV. Like there's not, they need the main line uh, that Chuck Lorre's. I'm actually, I'm actually shocked at how many people I know in our age bracket who consume so much reality TV, the yeah. streaming shit. But here's the thing. And they just have it on the background, you know? I, maybe I'm like a different case then because for me, I'm like, if there's a bell curve and the middle of it is like those Chuck Lorre shows or like Shark Week and shit like that, mm-hmm. like for me, I'm at one end of it where I consume, I literally consume three hours of TikTok a day and zero of TV or, or the TV I do consume is like, I think the viewing audience is like 70 or 60 plus. It's like Game Show Network yeah. and like, well, HGTV, like House Hunters International or Shark Tank. It's like, sports? I watch sports. sports, of course. Sports, of sports, course. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like sports, like that's technically TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sports watching. is so different. Sports is so different. Sports it's also, technically, like, if we're talking about media, sports has always been the biggest money maker. But like sports is, is different. Sports is like you show up and you like it's not it's not big on TV because of the TV. It's big because the sport is there. You know, you don't have to invent soccer every time you want a new season. But, of it. but as I'm saying, it still counts as media, though. And like true. I mean, fair enough. Well, it's it, also different if you're like a single dude who lives by himself, like most like families have multiple people. You can't. I mean, I guess you can, but like you're not going to sit down and watch TikTok with your girlfriend, really. Like you can, you you can. But like, that's kind of a weird experience. Like for the most part, when you're hanging out with someone and you're consuming media, it's going to be on TV because it's I, a lot easier to share. But I think yeah, a like lot if of we are people, all hanging out together. Think, we'll have the TV on. We're not going to have one phone staring at. Something. Yeah, but we don't live together. I think no, if you live out. with someone, I think it's very common nowadays that we're like two people who live together will hang out in the same room and both be looking at TikToks and then they'll show each other what they're, what, but hey, the, this one's funny. But usually the TV's still on in that case, like in the background, like yeah, right. fair, enough, fair enough. I can't. Yeah, you're right. Second fair screen. enough. I can't. 
When are we going to get to third screen? I need third screen. <laughs> that's, that's what I, I'll, I'll have the TV on. I'll have my laptop up and I'll be on my phone. Yeah. That, that's how yeah. I do it. The how That's like some yeah. bars right there. It's like first person, second screen, third wheel, fourth meal. Boom. Ooh, what's up? That's it. That's a Taco Bell spot. Um, yeah. All right. Let's get to the fucking break because uh, we've been talking for too long. Uh, after the break, Ruslan is coming on to talk film you stage. Vince, thank you for joining us, and we'll do a little recap episode next week about how the shoot went. For sure. Um, Air Vince won on all, all platforms. Especially TikTok. Welcome to Rounds of Sound, the podcast where we go song for song with indie artists to find out their influences and the stories behind their songs. I'm here with Hannah Jadagu. The way I recorded my first couple of songs was all through my iPhone. We have Victoria Park. I was on Twitter as I am and it's like, hey, are there like any labels who follow me who might be interested? That's the one and only Liam Kazar. Yeah, here's what I'll say. You gotta walk all your gear up and fly the stairs. Okay, yeah, that's, that's never that's, fun. That's, that's no fun. Check out Rounds of Sound exclusively on Spotify and find out the influences behind your favorite artists. That's Rounds of Sound. Welcome back, Sizzlers. Uh, as promised, a very special second half of the episode today. Um, we got a one-on-one -on -one interview with uh, the founder of a company called Film You Stage. Uh, Film You Stage is basically a tech company that kind of uh, basically applies neural network technology to scripting and maybe the pre-production process. But we got the the founder here and or the chief technology officer. He's going to tell us a little bit more about the company. He probably does a better job describing it than I do. Uh, we got Ruslan Hamidulin, a.k.a. Ruslan K. He's here all the way from Lithuania. Ruslan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, friends. Ruslan here. Would love to tell more about the company and the stuff we are building, basically. So, okay. So basically, uh, when I looked at film, you stage, I was like, damn, this is another place where artificial intelligence is coming to take our jobs. Mm -hmm. Is it taking our jobs or is it helping us? What's going on? Uh, we're trying to help people not to make them no jobless, <laughs> obviously. So basically we're building a, as we call it, smart pre-production platform for modern filmmakers. We're trying to, um, get access to modern technologies with text processing, natural language processing to as wide audience as possible. Because since today before us, the processes in the industry were, well, a bit complex and outdated as we see it, because all of our co-founders have a tech background. We see how we can apply best tools to help eliminate manual and boring work and replace it with, well, join fun and <laughs> spend, spend less time doing boring job and uh, focus more on creativity. So as well, we have one of the co-founders, the CEO, the CEO, basically, Igor, he have a really long story of working for film industry. So that's actually how the idea was of startup was born on the film set of some Netflix episodes on in LA. Yeah. Basically, and then, he was able to understand a bit better how these processes all look like in the reality. So we came to understand that we can bring something new to professionals. 
So more or less, he was breaking down scripts and was like, there's got to be a way to apply sure, artificial sure. intelligence to this, sure. right? I think about anyway, that when I'm editing all the time. Mm-hmm. It's about anyone, anyone who's been trying to break down the screenplay, you know, knows how time consuming and how, how, how much attention it takes and efforts just to go page by page through really long screenplay, which is usually like 100 page long document for a full length movie. It's like a typical situation. So we took this uh very first feature released it as a as we call it automatic script breakdown or smart script breakdown whatever whatever you like so basically we you upload the screenplay we process it with neural network with nlp engine and show you the result basically we extract all the valuable data out of it like we divide everything into scenes we find information about location about props mentioned in the screenplay about actors their properties and say vehicles, sound effects and more categories actually around 15 of in total so and show you as a really short and summary in a really quick in a couple of minutes you get your screenplay broken down carefully in one place next you can do everything you need with that we came to the conclusion that we need to support popular tools on the market so you could export it to say CSV to use it in spreadsheets if you are old school guy or you can continue to work <laughs> with it with movie magic if you're a really old school guy or you can continue <laughs> to or you can continue to work do everything on our own platform that's the idea we're constantly adding new features we added scheduling as a first add on then we are adding budgeting and now we are building uh, this thing called uh, reference board so basically you'll be able to visualize add some visual references to stuff on your screenplay like how you like to look your locations like so i don't know props or actors so, or whatever so film you stage is basically it's it seems like from the way you're describing it it's more than just like an artificial intelligence plug-in almost to like break down a script it's actually kind of trying to be a one-stop shop for pre-production right absolutely 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 we're trying to build like uh one platform for the full full cycle of pre-production maybe some more because our tools quite popular in post-production too surprisingly because uh once you get once you get a screenplay you need to you know break it down and do something with that of course I know Chris was interested in how uh, and about about AI and post-production. He's always asking me, he's like, how do I stop working? I don't want to do my job anymore. I'm like, Chris, you got to do your job. Look, I'm, nice. I'm just always trying to to find ways to to speed up my workflow, you know? Sure, smart. Sure. Yeah, but, you know, before the robots take our jobs, I want them to help me with my job. You want to be in charge of the robots before they're in charge of you. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, you know I, I'm not that pessimistic about robots because, okay, you need to know how to trade robots that might be your next position so yeah and you i mean you're the one building them out here so tell me how do you are you you have a filmmaking background i i did a little bit of research but i know you're a music you did music back in the day yeah, but yeah. Are, are you a filmmaker as well me personally i'm not i don't have much of a big filmmaking background i'm, I'm writing screenplays these days uh, like uh as a hobby and one of one of my screenplays will be a part of a say demo on our platform really mm-hmm. really soon i hope uh, and yeah it's absolutely correct as you mentioned before i'm more like a musician myself and more into playing music recording and making gigs 
So you do you still play music now? Like, do you go out and gig and do you record stuff? And is it like anywhere that people can listen to it? I, they can definitely listen to my past projects. I can put some links into this description. Uh, I, I really like like kind of obscure genre of music called psychobilly. It's basically a oh, hell yeah. of rockabilly and uh, say garage music from early 80s. UK is a great description and great source of inspiration for such musicians. I, I've really been playing devil bass back then back to say 2015 now i'm switching more to to, to the guitar to electric guitar because of my nomadic way of style of style of living because you know yeah constantly constantly moving these days so it's way it's way easier to move around a guitar than a double bass that's for damn sure oh uh, yeah um, it's hard to, it's hard to try with double bass Believe me. That's 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 really cool that you make psycho Billy stuff. I feel like that's such a uh like a niche genre of stuff. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. very interesting. Quite a lot quite of, obscure, uh, but really, really genuine and real. Yeah. So let me ask you, do you ever you what do you like? Because we talk a lot on this podcast about artificial intelligence and how it applies to different stuff. Um a lot of the times we'll randomly talk about things that are in the news that have nothing to do with production at all. Yeah. It's just interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you, do you ever find like AI or neural network technology, like playing into your workflow as a musician at all? Oh yeah. I actually, there is a, there is a series called Lander and they were before, before rebranded they were, their name was mixed genius or something like that. So their original go to market strategy was to, um, their, their original tool was uh, kind of AI power uh, mixing and mastering tool, mastering mostly. So you kind of upload your huh. recording and using AI, they do the final master. And basically there are some adjustments you can put onto it and you can get really nice results for your final master. So I use it. I, I've been using it a lot not like a final product, more like a source of inspiration, because sometimes when mix doesn't sound, you know, the feeling, it just doesn't sound. And you're thinking, yeah. well, okay, what do I need to tweak? Like drums or guitars or vocals? What's what's not in place? Maybe play with equalizer or compression. There are a lot of options and uh, Honestly, this can... seems, this. I'm looking at it right now. It's lander, L-A-N-D-R.com. Yeah. Exactly. This sounds perfect for like, for... DIY musicians like because that's what I like I make music in my room I record pretty much I mean a few times to go to my friend's sure. studio but every time I get to the point where I've got my mix sounding okay how I like it then I'm like all right cool now I gotta go pay someone to master it and if for someone like me who doesn't have much writing on my music you know it's low stakes mm -hmm. I don't care if people listen to it really it's like I might mm -hmm. as well just like try to yeah, I might try. I might honestly try this thing. This might right. be is, is good it, I use it as a like a source of inspiration. Okay, your your, your mix doesn't sound. Upload it. Listen to the options. Listen to the other possible you know yeah. ways of sounding. And then you some quite often actually I get an idea how what could I potentially tweak to make it way better, more, more more you know more joyful basically. So that, I use it. I use it quite often. Also another memorable mention is uh this thing called lyric studio it's a lyrics writing assistant so we've all been there you're writing some lines because lyrics is usually written at the very last step of 
recording music literally sometimes five minutes before recording session and, yeah. and uh, this platform gives a nice way of kind of writing wow. lyrics so you start with a few lines and uh, the ai engine suggests you the next lines possibly with various adjustments and settings oh my god i'm looking at it right now yo this would be okay if you took lyric studio it's lyricstudio.com if you took lyric studio you could do like such a good like tiktok challenge where like you just play guitar and as the lyrics pop up you have to sing them along i think that would be so yeah yeah killer this this type of stuff is is nuts to me because like part of me is like wow these are great like you said tools to kind of get inspiration and jump off but also it's almost like damn it 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 kind of unlocks the the it it shows the curtain like behind the curtain of the art because you're like ah fuck man you know it, well, people used to think it's so hard in reality it's always not that hard to write music but like now it's very easy for everyone you know I don't know it's easy you know in the okay good old times you still need to have and find some sorts of inspiration whatever doesn't matter what they're trying to do like write music you basically steal from somewhere something already existent the same about lyrics now you have uh well tricks to do it faster maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again it's up to you the choice is up to you you kind of i mean decision that's that's kind of how we were feeling we talked about dolly a lot i don't know you know dolly right that uh ai yes. generated art so we're we were talking to... about that and, and right. we were saying that's the same thing where like you can get inspiration from it, right? You're not necessarily mm-hmm. going to use exactly what you see in that. Exactly. You go, oh, I didn't think about it this way. You know what I mean? We're going to use DAL actually on our platform, I hope soon, because it's a nice way to generate visual references and aesthetics of your Oh, that's a great idea, actually. Yeah, because it'll kind of give you an idea of like locations and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we just recently got an access to the platform uh, I, I honestly didn't have much time playing with that but that one was okay kind of generated okay imagery Dali 2 definitely puts it to the next sensor to the next level oh and yeah once we were able to connect it to our stuff so let's see let's see what's gonna happen so basically it might work like this we have you have screenplay you have scenes send some text parts from your scene to Dali and see what you get at the end. See mm-hmm. if I, I'd like to learn, do they have any kind of adjustment? What kind what 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 actually you able to tweak like I mean, able I'll, to I have I have access to Dali to the beta and I'll I'll tell you it's it's pretty intense, man. Like you can really I mean if you really want to dial it in, you can dial it in as far as like the f stop on the camera lens. Like it's, it's really quite you can quite use advanced. it to do like legit storyboarding. Yeah, potentially, right? Or like something very, very near it. You know, I think it's, I, to me, the place I see it is more like locations and maybe the backgrounds that sure. you can have in the background sure. of your storyboard and stuff like that. Well, I'd like to just play with it and see what's going to happen if I send like the whole scene description, maybe with dialects even to the machine, what it's going to produce basically on them yeah. and then play with some quotes and smaller sentences and just see. Anyway, we're going to, if when we're going to when we release it, we're going to give the user the way to customize the piece of text you are sending to Dali. So 
I mean, it seems like it's going to be a great integration. I I think that would be like, that would be killer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I honestly, I didn't even realize that Dolly was something that you could implement into other systems. I I always thought it was just like its own standalone thing, but that makes a whole lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. How does it work? Is it, is it just like you basically self stuff gets sent there or is there like a code snippet that you borrow and there's like an open place that I don't know, like, I don't know yet. I don't know. I, 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 got, I got access literally yesterday, so I didn't get much time to play with that. Hopefully, they have some kind of API, so you basically send requests with piece of text to somewhere, and yeah. as, a, as a response, you get imager, images and imagery is options or something like something like that is helpful. Yeah. I don't know yet. If not, maybe you can just have people email you what they want. You have to sit there and plug it all. <laughs> um, Chris, you have, you have any questions about AI or about film you stage or anything? Um, yeah, I was just kind of curious um, about the, the the concept of film you stage. Like when you started this company, did like like what was the inspiration for it? What do you mean? What do you mean by inspiration? So it's so like so. like like did you just see like a, a space that that you know you you could go in and make something better or because you, you say that you you you've been writing screenplays recently but you didn't mm-hmm. come up with a with the film background so how, like how did you deter like how did you get to that place okay i got you so uh basically i have a uh, 10 years of tech development background so i at, at some point of my life i became bored to death with working in an office and you know, going to job like eight to five. You know, it's not, it's not that strict in IT, but still, you need to. You have a. You have you have a company you work for. So you have to be on call. You have to be available all the time, right? Yes, Basically. exactly. So you need to be available. You need to do stuff you don't personally like most of the time. If you, well, it's it's a common case. So we decided that, okay, we can do better. Definitely. Let's build our own company with our own rules, with our stuff. We are building for ourselves and by ourselves and trying to do something meaningful to people to uh, basically damn We all love like, you know, film industry is so wonderful. I, I always, I'm a big, I'm a big movie fan in particular, horror, horror movie fan since my childhood. So I always been looking for ways to get into that. So, yeah. For me, it was a nice way of applying my skills and uh, my past experience to the industry. I, re- I really love. I mean, it's always nice to kind of work on your own project or like to take oh, yeah. your own thing. And, and, you know, every day you you wake up and you're you're driven because it's like it's my project. You know, it's not like me waking up, making money for some company. Exactly. You know what I mean? You're doing it for yourself and not for yeah. someone else. Exactly. Well, I, I don't want to fool the listeners. It's not like that all the time. You we are started. <laughs> oh, trust me. Uh, they know. We complain about it all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's startup. It's entrepreneurship. It's up and downs all the time. So, you know. Well, I think, I think, if, if, tell me, I think two, two episodes ago, Chris, we literally spent the first 35 minutes of the show just complaining about how right now we have no work yeah. and like clients, yeah. we, like we're not, we've been unpaid by some, it's, it's, yeah. So this show, we're not glamorizing like, right after this, we're having a, like a weekly or a monthly outreach meeting, like just trying to drum up business. Yeah. Yeah. We got to do everything. That's the thing is when it's small, because I'm assuming film you stage is a pretty small team. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 
So like when it's a smaller team, it's like everyone has to do everything, you know, like yes. you're chief technology yes. officer, but you still have a lot of shit to do. Probably. I'm a C-level, so I'm a co-founder. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. I'm talking to investors. I'm talking to partners. I'm researching new tools for our own platform. I'm, I don't know. I'm looking into analytics. I'm, I'm building the platform. I'm responsible for cloud setup. So lots of yeah. stuff to do, lots of stress, but it's so ours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. I mean, like I'm technically the founder, but I also sometimes have to be an assistant editor. I built our website like, you know, I'm recording these podcasts like I, I also have to you know do a bunch of shit. Chris is out here. He's, you know, always editing every single minute of the day, pretty much. Yep. It's, <laughs> it's just tough. Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the, the business side of it. So what one big picture thing is like if your your business is in Lithuania, what are were there any like hurdles in terms of starting a business in Lithuania? Is it easier? Is it harder? I guess in the U.S. it's really easy to start a startup. You just basically register a bank account and that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a long story. I can tell the full story. It was quite full of drama and everything. So basically, we're from Belarus, so we started it back to 2019 at the very end of the year. So uh, started to build our stuff. We started. We decided not to deal with uh, business business environment in Belarus because you know when you live in a post-Soviet countries you kind of get some background understanding that properties are not respected there. Yeah, and we read them through. So we decided to register the company in the US. So. The corporation is registered in Delaware. It's classic C Corp. You know, That's everyone. That's the way to do it. Mm -hmm. We didn't do that. We're still registered in New York like fools. I'm paying like a lot of taxes, but hey, you know. I mean, taxes, taxes, you're going to like it. So go to Delaware. <laughs> so we'll yeah, it was, maybe, it was, we'll, maybe we'll move our LLC registration to Delaware. Oh no! Oh, that's all. That's a conversation for after the show. It's a conversation for after the show. Wait, so so you guys registered in Delaware and and then you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. We're moving. That was good to have business running and everything registered in you know well-established country with uh, traditions to respect property and uh, laws and liberties and stuff like that. So super important for any any. Entrepreneur, entrepreneur, I believe, especially in startup world. So it was started in Belarus. Then the revolution happened in Belarus back to 2020. I was personally affected by these horrible events. So that's why we had to leave uh, from Belarus. The first stop was Lithuania. We continued to build our platform. Uh, then, uh, you know, decided to go to Ukraine, wonderful country nice nice language nice people everything is cheap and uh, super super cool nice so then february 24 happened you know we know that no one really expected that we were gonna start for real and i found yeah. myself in a situation when you have like 15 minutes to get your things grab your backpack laptop and start to start to get out Mm -hmm. And uh, well, I, and I'm again in Lithuania again, so I'm, I'm alive, kind of, kind of okay, mostly. So, and at the same time, as well as all, all the other teammates, luckily we got not no harm, no, get not affected. Luckily, yeah, I'm by, by I'm, the situation, I'm, I'm glad you guys were able to to get out of there and uh, you know stay safe. Yeah, um, yeah. 
yeah, we were safe, but still we have a lot of friends and yeah, people who we really love in Ukraine who are fighting really. Yeah, it's really. a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible situation. It's like it's such a ridiculous situation because it's just so unnecessary. Like everyone, like it's just I don't know, man. You know how it is. It, it's 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 a it's a cliche point for me to say like war is terrible, oh, it <laughs> but is. it is. It is terrible. It's so it unnecessary. Is. It's the stupidest shit ever. It is terrible um, when you see it on TV, on your news, it's super, super, super hard when you see it in, in the reality, how the situation, you know, unfolds, it's stuff, man. So yeah. anyway, we are alive and safe. We continue to work on our startup because it was a thing that was keep us ongoing for three years. And this is our baby. We are yeah. gonna do everything to make it prosperous well, and, a- and happy. Hey, that's awesome. I love, I love to hear it. And you know, um, you guys, you guys should come to New York. You guys should come hang out in New York. You know, it's, uh, I'd love to rent it. Rent is super expensive here. So, uh, <laughs> actually, actually probably don't. It's fucking, maybe, maybe just come to visit, hang yeah, out with us. Yeah. Come, come and hang out with us, but do not move the, do not ever, uh, relocate here. The, okay. No, no, I know. You know, I, last time I was in Brooklyn, I definitely was not able to afford anything on, on the island itself. So I was staying at my friends literally sleeping on sofa well yeah. if you don't need to pay rent it's a nice place to be otherwise we uh been staying in new jersey the yeah. hotel prices were kind of okay so mm-hmm. yeah next Dude, time next I, time next time in new york i'll be definitely trying to cross on someone's coach it's only hey man look i always got a couch for you it's it it, it gets worse and worse every time right now i'm looking for a new apartment and it's like the prices are crazy. I've been looking now for, I don't know, like fucking almost six, six weeks. <laughs> yeah. Six months more yeah. or less really. But like, but the prices are crazy. Like they want, uh, like $2,700 a month for a studio apartment same, in Brooklyn, same. in Brooklyn, yeah, it's like in Bushwick. It's like, bro, it's not even Manhattan. What the fuck? Insane gentrification, but, you know, the absolutely yeah. the same situation in Lithuania, in Poland, Everywhere else, but last, last is, it, is it really? What? Is it really? It's 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 like very. The prices are going up there too. Doubles, like doubled in uh, since the war started. You know, lots of refugees, lots of people running from Belarus, Russia, mostly people with money from IT or other artisan professionals. So the rent prices just skyrocketed. So. So it's the same. It's the same story for everybody. Yeah, we're yeah. all miserable. Global economic crisis. I'm surprised to learn that it's like uh, the same situation. Just like, what's the point? You 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 shouldn't be affected that much. It's well. I mean, I don't even know what for us. I think it's just a housing market thing, and it's really mm-hmm. greed. I think for us, yeah. it's just landlords who are pushing the prices because they can, and then they blame the market and they go, oh. It, well, you, we have to do it. It's the market. It's like, you're setting the market. Yeah. You're the one setting the fucking prices. Well, and a lot of it too is like they, the lack of construction, basically like not enough, uh, housing units are being built versus mm-hmm. how many people are, are moving to New York every year. You know, I think, I think the city's increased by a couple million people over the last decade and they haven't built nearly enough to, to, to compete with it yeah i mean look i think we just need to move into the metaverse that's it <laughs> that's the way to do it i'm buying i'm buying an apartment in the metaverse uh, alexi's uh, trying to live in the matrix I'm, i'll pay 850 solana a month 
Um, Chris, you have any other questions? Any any final thoughts here? Uh, I don't think so. Let me let me hit the rundown. What, now, what what were you trying to get at with the future of streaming here? Okay, so I wrote future of streaming because to me, I just thought about like, I don't know, I was going down the AI path, right? And I was like, AI and algorithms are basically used in all of our content streaming, like in every single place where we consume content, AI is used. Mm-hmm. Spotify, AI is basically the backbone of it. Mm-hmm. TikTok, AI is the backbone of it. Instagram, I don't use it, but I'm assuming at some level there's, there's an a algorithm. ton of AI yeah, built sure. in. Uh, and then same even in like Hulu and Netflix, like Netflix, remember the, they, how they make different thumbnails based on your viewing history oh, and what absolutely. you might like. Yeah. And so I don't know. I was just kind of I was just thinking out loud. I was like, it would be interesting to see Ruslan's thoughts on, you know, how AI plays into content uh, consumption and kind of what the future of streaming and all that is. That's where I was going with it. <laughs> Definitely big data and AI change the way we consume resources and uh, content because, you know, now you can have a really nice tuned, say, playlist from Spotify or suggestions on Netflix. They kind of try to suggest the best, the best suitable shows for, for you, for based on your preferences and your watching or listening history. Well, the, the funny thing is, Okay. It works okay on Spotify for me. I have, you know, kind of not very typical musical tastes, but on Netflix, I, I never get, I never get, I never get proper show to watch. Actually, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the limitations of the platform. I don't know. They don't have. I wonder. I wonder if it's because they were developed fairly early in terms of like the way that they were built. You know what I mean? And maybe like it's just it's too much of a it's too much work to like tear up all that like i don't know for lack of a better term all that code and like rewrite it again because i know like this isn't a good example but with fifa the video game i heard that the reason that it like sucks is because they developed it way back they're still using like the framework that they Mm -hmm. used to develop it way back when and all of those developers don't work there anymore and like the code they basically like have been just fixing the code as they go every year and they can't it's too much work to tear the game up and start anew it's the same same about Bethesda they have like a engine and they are trying to all the time trying to put it to the modern level and mm-hmm. from the butcher perspective it looks like a bit in a dead horse so they they list fallout three fallout four on the same basic engine was somewhere underneath you can find a piece of codes buried underground from the modern times so man it's too old you just need to start from scratch or take a really nice modern engine like yeah. unreal engine 5 for instance oh yeah have you worked with unreal at all uh, not really, not much. I've been adapting Unreal apps for uh, mobile devices for a while when I was working for a Norwegian company, a Norwegian telecom company. It was a quite nice place, actually. They were uh, shooting a game show uh, on uh, Chroma Key, basically. So green prints everywhere, participants trying to play, trying to do their best to kind of pretend they're having fun and enjoying and seeing what's happening around, shooting some strange weapons and stuff, doing some logic games and whatever. And everything was on green screen and they have like monitors and pre-rendered everything in real time. So I was building a kind of companion mobile application and games for them. So yeah, it was like 
five years ago. Oh, oh my God. So yeah, five years ago. <laughs> we, we we worked with some. Yeah, like so we, we actually edited a piece a couple months ago where basically it was filmed on like a big open stage and the background was generated using Unreal Engine as far as we know and it was yeah. like happening live and I, I don't totally understand the technology behind it but it looked great it was really impressive uh, and it was, it was a lot step. of fun to work yeah, on they, have, they basically use uh, insane amount of screens put on circle everywhere so they it's get kind of synchronized with the focus distance your angle and everything and, and it renders uh, the background basically in the real time it, in real time yeah that's I saw one thing on TikTok where a guy had basically like built some, I don't even remember how, I think he filmed on his phone his kind of uh, front yard or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I think he like rendered out a model of like a Tesla in mm -hmm. Unreal or some shit mm -hmm. like that. And somehow it was on his phone and he put it there. So whenever he like filmed augmented. it with this, it was like an augmented reality thing. I don't, it, it was so weird. I couldn't even explain it because then part of it, then he looked, was showing these like cliffs and mountains that weren't really there, but they looked real. I was like, bruh, my brain is exploding. I don't know what the hell is happening, but I kind of want to like research it and try to learn. I was thinking about that last night. I was like, man, it'd be kind of tight if I have some free time to I see. Think I think you're talking about, about LiDAR camera in your iPhone. So basically you're able to scan everything using your latest iPhone. So I think, just I think he was combining that with something in, in okay. Unreal because he kept saying Unreal in the thing. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm no genius, man. I don't know. This no, no worries. So yeah, I really like what Unreal Engine able to render because it looks super realistic because they, they put a lighting system to the next level. And now, now I can say it looks real. So bright future, you know, full hey, of deep fakes. Hope, oh my God! <laughs> it's, uh, hopefully, uh, the future becomes just a little bit brighter with FilmU Stage coming uh, coming through and helping everyone. Um, Ruslan, can you real quick plug FilmU Stage? Just where people can can go to try it out, where people can get it, and uh, how to keep up with what's going on? Yeah, definitely go to our website if you are going to kick off kickstart your own project. You know, before autumn will be really hot, so you might find yourself in a situation where you need to do breakdown and plan your schedule and shooting schedule and everything. So give it a shot, go to our platform. It's uh, filmstage.com. I hope I pronounced it uh, good enough. Also, I'm going to provide a discount code for uh, customers who are going to use uh, the discount code from this episode. It will be sizzlereal30. Also, I hope you're going to put it into the description. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually during the checkout, you're going to get a 30% off for your first purchase. So we're super open to feedback, to any criticism. You might reach me out via my email, super simple, Ruslan at filmstage.com. So yeah, give it a shot. We would love to help modern filmmakers to do their pre-production easier and, you know, basically have more fun. I feel like me and Alexi need to uh, work on a script now. You know, we, yeah. we used to do that in high school. We'd write uh, stage plays because yep. mm -hmm. uh, we, we couldn't afford video cameras yet. Yeah. Uh, so may, maybe we'll tap back into our, our creative uh, juice. Yeah, maybe we'll write something. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll hire someone to write something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll hire an, a robot to write something. <laughs> I don't Good know. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, that's, so that's filmustage.com and sizzlereal30.
is the code to get 30% off. Um, so everyone knows what time it is. Uh, it's the best segment of the show because it means the show is almost over. <laughs> what we learned last week. What we learned last week. I'll go first. I'll go first this okay. week. Okay. So what I learned last week is that Spain is about to issue a digital nomad visa. The plan is to oh. issue a digital nomad visa. Non-EU residents, th- this is rumored, I think it's going to be released in September, fully announced, but non-EU residents are invited to apply. And I think the only kind of thing is you have to have like 3,000 euros. You have to demonstrate that you have 3,000 euros in your bank account to apply. That's it. That's pretty cool. And then uh, it's supposed to be five years total, but like the terms are not announced yet. So it might be like, you know, maybe two years and you have to renew after mm-hmm. that or something. Please send, me course, the link. send me the link. Yeah. After. <laughs> oh, I, I will. It's dude. It seems like it's going to be cool. But again, I think that's just to apply. I don't think that like you get in just by doing that. You, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's going to be an application process. Sure, sure. But that seems pretty cool. You know, go to Spain and just chill on the beach and oh, Barcelona, laptop. Barcelona, wonderful city. Yeah, me too. Um, Ruslan, why don't you go next? What did you learn last week? Well, uh, last week I was traveling Poland and uh, I discovered uh, there was a wet uh, tragedy, tragic event during the World War II. So, sorry, our, our part of the world is in war, so kind of hard to get rid of this thought. So, uh, there was an event called Warsaw Uprising. It was uh, the very end of, it was on August 1st, actually, of 1944, when the Home Army of Poland called Armia tried to start the uprising and uh, basically fight Nazi army and get it out of uh, Warsaw. Uh, sadly, this action was brutally suppressed by Nazi regime. And as a result, more than 100,000 people were killed and uh, 85% of the city of Warsaw was basically destroyed to the ground. And every year, people of Warsaw uh, kind of have a, every year on August 1st, first have a, a Warsaw Prison Remembrance Day. So at 5 p.m., everyone at the street stand still they launch air sirens and for one minute everyone is just standing not moving on the street and basically uh, paying respect to polish army and uh, this horrible event on 1944 it's a kind of for polish polish nation i guess mm-hmm. yeah i feel like america doesn't um doesn't have anything where anyone's like nothing, nothing like that. I mean, knock on wood, nothing like that has ever really happened where we've, we've like had a memory. Nine 11 is the closest thing, mm-hmm. but even nine 11, like at this point, so many people, not to be that guy, but a lot of people don't really fucking care about it. Like in no. New York, people yeah. care about it, but in the middle of the country, like people are like, Oh yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. I was in New York. I was at the nine 11 Memorial. Well, it looks impressive. It really makes you think and, yeah, my you know. my thing that I think is ridiculous. I went to the 9/11 memorial and there's like the fountain, and mm-hmm. there's people just like taking, taking selfies. Pictures, hey, dude. here I am. That's exactly what like, I was about it's to like, bring what up. What are you doing? <laughs> they care, they it's, care it's, more about it's the exactly cloud. the same. It's exactly the same one in memorial of 
uh, Jews in Europe, people kind of have this massive concrete stones and they making selfies in front of it. So, dude, it's yeah. not about fun. Pay some respect. So when I was yeah, in New York, yeah. I was staying at this 9-11 memorial. I was just looking at the abyss and how the water flows down and can about all the lives and the people who suffer from that. So mm -hmm. makes it make you makes you think about something important yeah. in, your, in your life. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what those memorials are for. It's not not for doing TikToks in front of uh, <laughs> Chris, uh, Chris, what do you got for your what we learned last week? Um, so I learned that a jiffy, like I'll be back in a jiffy, mm -hmm. is an actual unit of time, but it's it's like used in several different ways. So like in electronics, it's the period of uh, an AC power cycle, which is either one sixtieth or one fiftieth of a second. Uh, in computing, it was originally the time between two ticks of a system timer interrupt. And it's also used in computer animation uh, as one one hundredth of a second. And it's also informally known as one light foot, which is equal to approximately one nanosecond. So the Jiffy is a very versatile unit of time. Yeah, it seems like it just means a quickly a very short <laughs> amount of time <laughs> how many how many jiffies are your your assignment for the listeners for the sizzlers email us try to try your best to calculate how many jiffies are in a day that's that's what i want to know how many jiffies are in one day um ruslan thank you so much huh more than one. Oh, more than one. Maybe. Maybe. It seems like it's such a versatile thing. Maybe in Chris's definition, I, I one mean, Jiffy yeah, is one day. On a cosmic scale, maybe a Jiffy is one day. Damn, like in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Uh, Ruslan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, once again, if you guys want to learn about filming stage, it's filmustage.com. Sizzle Reel 30 gets you 30% off, I think, or is it $30? I don't even know. But you guys type it in, you'll figure it out. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. I guess that's it for this episode, huh, Chris? You got any, any words of wisdom? Oh, we should plug our socials. Yeah, we'll just plug that. our socials real quick. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Sizzle Real Gang. Mm -hmm. We have an email address, SizzleRealGang at gmail.com. We like it when you email us. Please write send in, us an email. Write in your questions, your concerns, any advice you might need. We got you. And of course, we have the Sizzle Real cold line. Brr. It is 332-333-4361. That is a cold line. No one will pick up. It will go straight to voicemail you can leave a message and we will play it back on the show yeah i mean you've probably heard us playing joe nana's voicemails recently he's been calling in a lot but we need more callers we always need more callers so call in um and then finally sizzle real live is coming sizzle real live oh, yeah. our 100th episode august 25th at wandering barman tickets are at sizzle real gang the website.com Tried to make it really hard for you guys, but tickets are only six dollars and sixty six cents. So come through, have a have a drink with us, enjoy, and we'll uh, we'll get on stage and make fools of ourselves for you. Uh, so once again, Ruslan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Alex. Pleasure. Absolutely. And uh, Chris, thanks for co-hosting, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, yeah. We, got, we got Chris. We woke Chris up early today to come in at eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I let you do the lifting on this one. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. Productions Podcast.